0: Did you know that in the UK, environmental professions rank as the second least diverse field after farming, as minority groups make up approximately 0.6% of the field. Hello everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Your Sustainable Friend podcast. Today's episode is the final installment in the series Sustainability Changemakers, Black Voices in Green. The goal of the Black Voices in Green series has been to highlight black people in the UK who have had an impact in the sustainability space. On today's episode, I will be sharing why I chose to do this series and how I've got about making it happen. As I mentioned at the start of the episode, according to the 2017 The Two Sides of Diversity report, UK environmental professions rank as the second least diverse field after farming and minority groups make up about 0.6% of this population. To go more into detail, 96.9% of environmental professions are white British. The largest minority group in the field is classified as other white. These individuals account for about 2.5% of the field and is made up of white immigrant groups. This means that altogether... A mere 0.6% of representation comes from all other minority groups. And just to put that in context, the average percentage of minorities for all other occupations is about 19.9%. So that means that there are really not very many black sustainability professionals at all. Last year, during UK Black History Month, I noticed that I didn't see anything honoring black professionals in the space. Now, that's not to say that there wasn't anything out there. I just hadn't seen anything or found very much. At the time, I did my own research and stumbled across a couple of sources and across a couple of individuals, including Majora Carter's TED Talk, Greening the Ghetto. I really enjoyed her TED Talk. It's about urban planning and her fight for environmental justice in the South Bronx. I know about lots of people and work being done in spaces in Africa, but just haven't seen as much being done or showcased in the UK. I thought about how it might be cool to highlight some of my research during Black History Month this year. As with many of my ideas, I think about them, but also I'm willing to let them die. But this one just did not. And as each month went by, I realised that I was just giving myself less time to do it in. So, in August, I decided that it was now or never and I needed to get it together. So I reached out to a recruiter at Aca, the sustainability recruiting agency, and asked if she could introduce me to black professionals in the field. And the recruiter so graciously agreed, which I'm very grateful for. I also reached out to those in my network and asked people who I knew in the sustainability space to put me in contact with any individuals they thought might be willing to take part in the series. And thus, Black Voices in Green came alive. Why did I do this series? I felt it was important to highlight these black voices because I tend to hear from and about the same people in the sustainability space, and I wanted to hear and see some new voices. I also wanted to create a space to amplify these voices and for people to toot their own horns and talk about the work they're doing. One thing I thought was interesting and that I noticed when I conducted interviews is that so many people highlighted their colleagues or quote-unquote ordinary people as those who they admired most in the space. Another reason I wanted to highlight these voices is because ethnic minorities and deprived communities are often hardest hit by the effects of climate change. And in most cases, they are also the people who contribute least to the problem. In the UK, Black, African and Caribbean people are more exposed to higher illegal nitrogen dioxide levels than the percentage of the population we account for. This is also similar in the global south, as many of the countries that will be most impacted by the climate crisis are also those who contribute the least to it. In fact, if you look at the results of World Overshoot Day, which is the day that each country's resource use and demand on nature exceeds the Earth's capability to replenish it within the year, many of the countries in the Global South do not even make the list at all. Our voices are very important in this space, and I want to encourage those who care and do work in the sustainability space to please continue to do so. I also want to encourage those who are interested in sustainability careers to please look into joining the field or implementing sustainability into your job roles. And before I end this episode, I'd like to thank every single person that I reached out to. It was so nice seeing people be so willing to join in and support. During my pre-interview discussions, I told my interviewees my idea and also confessed that I was making it up as I went along, but I just knew that I wanted to do something so I'm grateful that many of you agreed to take part. If you haven't, I encourage you to read all the blog posts and articles I've shared this month. I've also written an article with links to resources that support diversity and sustainability. You can find all our articles on our website, yoursustainablefriend.com, or on LinkedIn as Your Sustainable Friend. We also can be found as at sustainable friend on Instagram. I will put links to our pages and the reports and research I've mentioned in the show notes. If you have enjoyed or learned from any of these episodes, please make sure to follow, like, subscribe and share our pages. And if you want to get in touch, please email me on yoursustainablefriend at gmail.com. I would also like to say a huge, huge thank you to all my friends and family who have supported and encouraged me to do this. And the biggest thank you to my dear friend, Ryan Silver, who has supported me by editing each one of these episodes. You're the best, Ryan. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you all in our next series.